Well, and it's super important to understand, you know, as we go through that, you know, true effective leaders aren't just using one leadership style. It's being fluid between all of them because, like you said, depending on what phase of business you're in, but also depending upon your team or your employee base, um, your organization, not everybody's going to respond to the same type of coaching. Um, there's actually a book about the fatal flaws of leadership or of management, and it talks about, you know, man. one of them is managing everybody the same way or leading everybody the same way mm-hmm. to where, yeah, you'll get some to respond, but then some, yeah, okay, that's nice. Hello and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I am your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm your other co-host, Zach Levy. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Danny McDowell. And I'm your other co-host, Zach Levy. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. And we're joined by Zach's uh, wonderful wife, Megan, today. Welcome, Megan. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad glad to have you. Uh, So today's episode, we're going to talk about leadership styles. Um, we all know there's plenty of styles around the world, a uh, style that you decorate your home with, the style, the way that you clothe yourself, uh, style um, in terms of what kind of cars you like. I mean, pick a style. Uh, there's all kinds of styles. And so leadership is no exception from that standpoint. So we're going to go through a list of 10 uh, leadership styles today. We're not going to deep dive into any of them. We just want to give you a little taste, if you will, for each one. Uh, but before we dive into that, we want to um, make the point of uh, we all have our um, sort of home leadership style, the leadership style that we're comfortable with, the one that we feel like we're really good at, um, and we spend or would like to spend most of our time in that. But the re- reality is situations occur in business, uh, whether it be out in the marketplace or uh, where you are in a, a launching of a product or... Uh, where you are in a business, or you a young business, or you an old business, um, are, you, are you having a sunset of business? Um, depending on the situation, you might have to pull one of these other ones that we list that's not your home leadership style out to address a particular situation. Um, for example, you might have a really tight uh, schedule to get a product out the door or um, a service delivery to a customer that has um, some needs. Uh, where your schedule's compressed might require a different kind of leadership style than the one you're most comfortable with or like to use. Um, so we would always encourage you to um, practice and understand the other leadership styles. It's not your home leadership style to sort of grow that leadership muscle 
um, that you have. Well, and it's super important to understand, you know, as we go through that, you know, true effective leaders aren't just using one leadership style. It's being fluid between all of them because, like you said, depending on what phase of business you're in, but also depending upon your team or your employee base, um, your organization, not everybody's going to respond to the same type of coaching. Um, there's actually a book about the fatal flaws of leadership or of management, and it talks about, you know, man, one of them is managing everybody the same way or leading everybody the same way mm-hmm. to where, yeah, you'll get some to respond, but then some, yeah, okay, that's nice, right? Um, because we're all motivated by different things. We're all uh, driven by different, um, you know, catalyst, if you will. And so as we go through, you know, just think, okay, what's, what's my home leadership style like Andy was talking about, but how else can I expand and really work on getting uncomfortable in different leadership styles to better round out the full leadership sphere? Right. Right. The, the aim here is flexibility. Right. To be flexible and be able to move to a position that's going to best serve. And, you know, as we talked in previous episodes – um, you're trying to get from point A to point B. That's what leadership is all about. But you can take multiple paths to get yourself from point A to point B. One, one path might be the most efficient. Uh, one path might give you the best quality of a product, but takes longer time than the path that's more efficient. There's different ways to sort of uh, skin a cap, per se. Um, and that's where it's nice to have these listing of different styles of leadership and uh, whether you're working with an individual employee or um, in a particular situation with the business that you can sort of um, pull out your desk drawer, so to speak, and pull out the, the right leadership style that you need to apply in that situation that's going to give you the the result that you're looking for. Um, so that's why I think it's important um, to go through this list and look at all these. And as we go through the list, I would encourage you to think about, okay, which one of these 10 is my home? And sort of, you know, formally label that inside your head. Um, uh, But at the same time, pay attention to the others and the situations where they're best used. And um, if you've never tried it or you feel like you're kind of um, not as strong in that area, maybe that's something you want to work on and use it more and build up that leadership muscle uh, from that perspective. So we're going to go through the list of 10. Each one of us is going to take one. one of the styles and sort of lead the discussion with the other two um, through the process. Uh, I'll start off and then we'll go to Zach and then to Megan and just keep rotating around um, from that perspective. So with that being said, let's get started. Um, first style is um, the coaching leadership style and the characteristics um, of the coaching leaders leadership style are a, um, the leader is, uh, is very supportive in nature. Um, they offer guidance instead of giving commands. Um, they value learning as a way of growing, so it's less of a direct um, kind of style. Here's, here's what you need to do, go do it. It's not that. It's more of getting the person on the other side of the table to sort of be thinking and understanding the why. Why might the leader be making these statements um, and planting these seeds in my head is um, a lot of times you get better engagement, better results. If the person could see why you're asking them to do something. 
Um, you're asking guided questions as opposed to giving commands or direct statements uh, in a leadership style. Uh, you're balancing um, the knowledge. You know, you're planting some seeds with some knowledge, but also asking those those questions to get them to be thinking and growing in terms of their own skills, uh, whether it be in a particular area or their own leadership. You know, if you if your direct report is a supervisor and you're a manager, you, you're trying to build up their leadership skills, you might get them to understand uh, this particular style. And um, those that use a coaching uh, leadership style tend to be very self-aware. They understand where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are, um, and are generally very confident in their ability to be, to be a leader and um, try to bring the best results out of their team. So what might be the benefits of this kind of style? Well, uh, coaching leadership style tends to be very positive in nature. Um, it promotes the development of new skills in those that they're leading. Uh, once again, that growth mindset comes into play. It's free thinking. It's empowering, right? They're not telling you how to do it necessarily. It might be coaching you on ways you might want to think about it and allow your own approach and Therefore, you get an engagement out of the person on the other side of the table as well as they feel empowered to go do it. Um, it revisits the company objectives and fosters a confident company culture um, because you are getting that why expressed. You get that engagement and you're building a culture um, that's going to be high speed, gets the job done, um, and a sense of ownership, if you will, in, in the business. And, and leaders who take on this kind of style as their home are generally seen as mentors um, because they are coaching instead of giving direct direct commands. Um, they're helping to develop the person on the other side uh, to be either a better employee or better better coach. So what do you all think about that list? I mean, growing up, one, as an athlete, always having a coach um, – it transfers very well over into the business world to develop a a type of leadership culture or a growth culture, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, heck, even my mentor in business, if I'm not referring to him by name, it's a coach, right? Um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one time being spent to really pour into each person you're trying to develop. Um, I would also say that a coaching leadership style is – you know, can be best used to duplicate leadership to be able to, you know, basically clone yourself and another person to be able to transfer that over. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, as we so, stated in a previous episode, one of the biggest jobs of a leader is to build other leaders. Exactly. I consider it the number one job. Others may say it's top three or whatever, but um, you, you may not necessarily be able to be there all the time or your organization is growing and it needs leaders um, to go lead the areas where the company's growing into or whatever. So it's, it's an important job of leaders to grow other leaders. It's almost the, um, you know, give a man a fish versus teach a man to fish type of leadership. Right. Right. So. right. Yeah. And I can, I can throw in there um, talking about that home style. This is definitely my home style. Um, like Zach, I was, <clears throat> I was an athlete growing up. Um, spent most of my time, you know, on a baseball diamond or on the golf course. And so 
most of my leadership growing up was experienced through coaching. And in turn, I have become a coach. Um, first, my first career was in uh, golf instruction. And a lot of these characteristics, you know, hit home to me because it's my job to support them, explain the why to them, um, you know, why you need to swing this way to make the ball go a certain direction or a certain mm-hmm. way, because um, without knowing the why, they they can't be self-empowered to be able to go out and fix it and do it on their own. Because my goal is for long-term development for them to not necessarily need me. And that's the same, <clears throat> that's the same with developing leaders in, in your business um, is, you know, this is the, the style for long-term development, not necessarily your short-term quick results. This is for developing people for the long, long haul. Yeah, so speaking of that, let's talk about challenges. the the big The biggest challenge in this is is the time factor. Yeah, right. It takes lots of conversation, uh, spending time to explain the why and other things. And so, if you're in a very um, time sensitive crunch uh, with a particular employee or within the business and so forth, you don't the coaching style is not the appropriate style. You need something that's more more direct, right? Right. 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 Quicker results. Uh, to be able to hit that time. Yeah, cool. there's there's certain times where you're going to have to put the coaching style on the shelf for a minute and, yeah. and get the job done real quick. But it's one to always come back to because of how important it is to to keep people long-term. Right. And it, like you said, it, it is that planting a seed. In, in order to make sure that seed grows, you constantly have to water it, fertilize it, right. feed it. Right. Um, so it is it is more time consuming. It is more of a drawn out leadership style. Um, but I'd say it is a long term investment leadership style. If it's mm-hmm. if you need a quick turnaround, if you need it done right now, like you said, Megan, it's uh putting it on a shelf for a second, shifting gears real quick. Yeah. But it it definitely is a you know, there's a f- few leadership styles that are a very good baseline or a very good home. This would definitely be one of them. Right. All right, let's move on to um, number two, uh, which is visionary. So what do we got there, Zach? So visionary leaders um, have a very strong ability to really be a driver, to push progress forward and really create periods of change through inspiration mm-hmm. um, and really creating a culture of trust for for new ideas new methods and a leader who's a visionary is also able to establish a very strong organizational bond, kind of create that glue in between the different parts of the organization. And one of the biggest things is they always strive to foster confidence um, with their direct reports and laterally and their colleagues alike. So um, a visionary leader, I mean, you think visionary, you think something small, you see a big vision, right? So this type of leadership is very, very helpful for your smaller startups, fast-growing organizations, um, or even larger organizations that are going through transformations or transitions or a complete restructuring, right? Mm -hmm. Basically, if you will, painting a new picture that everybody can see and rallying everybody to that, right? Right, so you would... Probably think this is the home style for like a CEO, right? Or or business owner of a especially of a company. This is where they're going to sit most of the time, right? 
somebody that's going to say, okay, what's the landscape look like? How do we need to move with that landscape? Um, but some characteristics of this style of leadership, persistent and bold. I mean, you can't sit on your heels and be a visionary. You got to move forward. You got to pull the team forward with you. Very strategic. Again, going through a transitional period, you got to have a plan. You got to have a strategy. You got to have an execution, um, a way of executing that. They're not afraid to take risks. Because especially if you're restructuring or you're saying, okay, we're going to go from this little tiny company mm-hmm. to, you know, a massive, if you will, Fortune 500, something of that size, um, there's got to be some risk involved. And they're able to inspire others in the organization to take that risk. They're constantly optimistic because, mm-hmm. you know, um, a great leader, um, R. Williams, said nobody wants to follow a disillusion dull down and out crybaby. <laughs> They've got to be optimistic. Um innovative to be able to change with the current times um and not stick with tradition, if you will. Um work for a company like that. <laughs> but also have this power of attraction, be magnetic, get other people to buy into them. Well, you're selling the why. You're constantly exactly. selling the why. This is this is why we need to change. This is what's going on in the marketplace to explain the why and so forth. And so a visionary leader sort of owns the why of the company right. or the business. Um, and needs to be influential in convincing others to follow. Right? right. And having a very highly structured environment. I mean, organizational charts, et cetera. Right? Mm-hmm. Um but they also believe in oversight, heavily supervised environments as well to maintain that structure and to maintain the picture that they see. Right. So the benefits of this type of style um, can help companies grow, unite teams, and the overall company improve outdated technologies or practices. So, again, moving with the current landscape. Yeah, well, it's very strategic in nature, right? So, right. The, the benefits is executing on the strategy and moving moving the company or the business forward, everybody aligned. Right. Like think, of, think of every employee as being an arrow. You want all the arrows aiming in the same, same direction. Um, so, in terms of challenges... So on challenges, um, visionary leaders really may skip over important details. Um, well, they're not tactical in nature, right? right so exactly. the tactics sort of go out the window and right. it's all about the big Well, they're focused on the big and, picture. Yeah, it's, it's all, all about, about the big, the big picture. picture. Um, so sometimes they may forget to eat the elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but they also might sacrifice resolution of the little right now issues to try to push everything forward because they can be so future oriented to a fault. Right. So you need a, you need a strong team underneath you that's bought into the why mm-hmm. and has the ability to focus on the details and the tactics, if you will, of the business. Right. right. And Andy, that brings up a good point. You know, something I was already thinking about is, 
<clears throat> this style of leadership is something to pull out to make sure that you keep your best people. Because mm -hmm. if you're not selling the dream, if you're not selling the big picture of ultimate success, um, you know, those really hungry, motivated people, they're going to lose steam. So being able to pull this out to get your, you know, your best people motivated is going to be huge. And then kind of dial back into what are the finer details that yeah. are going to get us to that goal. Yeah. It's right. all about selling the why. Yeah. yeah. Again, so. Well, developing the why. Well, you have developing to, you the have why to and start selling with why it. Yeah. and then sell it. Yeah, yeah exactly. You got to have good visionary skills to mm -hmm. figure out this is what's going on in the world. And, or maybe it's not even going on now, but you, you can see it coming and you're starting to develop a plan that this is what we need to be and let's, let's go roll right. it out. Right. I heard it put this way. You have to seize it before you can seize it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Man, wow. Zach, you brought out okay. the, the good one on All that All right, one. moving All right. on. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's move on to the next one. Megan, you want to take Yeah, auto, I'll take auto, over. Auto, autocratic. Yeah, so the, the autocratic leader, um, we'll talk about some of their characteristics. Um, they tend to have um, a lot of self-confidence. They're self-motivated. Um, so, you know, very internally focused and motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, they're excellent communicators. Um, they're clear and consistent when they're, you know, leading their people. Um, they tend to be rule followers and dependable. So somebody that's, you know, they're trustworthy. They're somebody that's going to stick to what's right all the time. Um, they also highly value, um, you know, structured environments. Um, and they also believe in a supervised work environment. Um, so the benefits of an autocratic leader is that they can promote productivity through delegation and provide, you know, clear and concise, you know, directions for making decisions quickly. Um, they also can make decisions quickly on their own. Right. Um, so you'd have to imagine that this style you would find in like production environments or... Mm -hmm where you have very structured processes that you need to have done um, in order to get the quality of the product out the door. Right. Um, the production numbers up and so forth that there's, there's not, a, not a lot of room for play here. Right. So we've got to do no. it this way for this safety reasons exactly. or a multitude of reasons um, to get it done. And there's just not much conversation per se involved. It has to be an autocratic kind right. of environment to, to get the job done. Right. And I can say this is one I fall back on, not necessarily in how I lead others, but how I lead myself. Yeah. Because I do come from a background of having to be, you know, internally motivated, um, you know, playing an individual sport at a high level, you have to autocratically lead yourself or else you're, you're not making it. You're not getting to your goals. Um, having that structure and having that confidence and internal motivation um, is so key for, for developing yourself. Well, um, particularly coming from the sport of golf where yeah. it's all about muscle memory and doing the oh, yeah. same kind of stroke <laughs> yeah. over and over again, depending on whether it's a chip shot or a drive or whatever. Exactly. It's about that muscle memory and right. repeating that same kind of stroke over and over and over again. Right. Mm -hmm. I can imagine yourself being autocratic with yes, yourself to go, yes. okay, I'm driving. This is, this is what I'm doing on my stroke and I need to do it over and over again to get that ball down the, down the center of the, um, 
Right. And that, that translates, you know, into my, my business life as well in terms of, you know, how I structure my, my own growth. Um, but moving into the challenges of this leadership style is that it can cause stress to the leader because they end up feeling like they have to bear all of the weight. Um, it may not be, you know, a style that's quick to, to, you know, release that, you know, responsibility to others and also the communication with others in terms of hearing out their ideas, their interests, um, just because it is so structured and internally, you know, motivated and organized. Also might be called a micromanager. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's like there is one way and this is how you have to do it and there's no other way. Sometimes there's a, there's a need for that. Yeah. Um, Well, there's a time and place for all leadership styles. Sure. But one of the drawbacks, I mean, could be that just overbearing part of leadership. Well, yeah, you could say but, an autocratic leadership style on steroids would be right. a massive micromanager that's right. constantly watching and directing. And right, and kind of that OCD tendency. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is a leadership style you don't want to go overboard with. Right. Yeah. Use it at the right time with your people. Yes. You know, use it for your, like I was saying, use it for yourself because that's going to keep your yourself structured in the daily um, habits. But in terms of leading people this way, use it, you know, very carefully. And of course, a disclaimer on this, it all depends on if you're listening. Um, you know, what kind of business structure you run or what industry you're in as well. So again, if you're in a production business and Mm -hmm. you have to maintain OSHA guidelines or safety guidelines and things like that, nobody can go outside of that. You have to micromanage those. If you're in a creative space, it's a lot different. Well, you have to imagine coming from the Boeing company where you're building very complex (laughs) airplanes with thousands or millions of parts. You're going to see a lot of this kind of leadership style because you got people's lives involved. Yeah. Right. Um, In the building of an airplane, you're going to find this kind of leadership style quite a bit in the production plant. Right. Somebody gets creative, it doesn't go well. (laughs) 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 Well, it certainly has a chance to go very south very quickly. Hey, let's give this a part a shot instead. Yeah, no, let's not do that. So, yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. the laissez-faire or hands-off style, um, as you can imagine, just by the term hands-off, um, you're delegating many of the tasks to team members. You're providing little to no supervision. It's just like letting the cats loose in the in the house, so to speak, right? Uh, they don't spend a lot of their time intensely managing the employees. They're just sort of there. If you run into a problem, come find me, but otherwise go do your thing, right? kind of leadership style. Um, it, this this could often be used if you as a leader, it, you might have a lot of direct reports and you've got a particular part of your team or part of the division of the company that's gone south and you need to spend a lot of time over there. You might move into a laissez-faire, hands-free to other parts of your organization that are that are running well on their own and doesn't need a lot of supervision. You might run into this kind of style. You might run into an autocratic with the one team and laissez-faire yeah. with the other uh-huh. team in order to <laughs> devote the time to get the, the ship uprighted, right? Uh, so to speak, in the other team. So 
Well, and through developing leaders, you get to this type of management style yeah. as well. Or leadership yeah, style. Yeah, so if you got a high-speed team of supervisors or managers underneath you that have got it going on, you might that forge you the luxury to sort of maybe be a little more laissez-faire with them and only help them out with the bumps in the road that mm-hmm. they face. Right. I feel like if you, use, if you use that first leadership style of coaching well enough with certain people, mm-hmm. that allows you to turn into laissez-faire with that same person. Right. You, know, you go from very, very hands-on with them to here you go. Go do your job. You know, right. go do go do what you do well. Um you also might have a highly experienced team. Yeah. Right. You know, particularly if you're up in uh, I don't know the vi- the vice various levels of vice president's uh, positions, you have directors, managers underneath you that are mm-hmm. very experienced either on the technical side or whatever that, you know, I I'm, I'm here to make the big you know, you might bump up in the visionary uh, leadership style or whatever, where I'm, I'm working more on the strategic elements of where we need to take our unit because the more tactical elements are take well taken care of by my, by my team. And I don't need to concentrate on that. All right. Some characteristics uh, of this leadership style um, effect, effectively delegate uh, to others. You believe in the freedom of choice, allow, allowing your team members to, to choose things because you have this sense that they're good at making good choices, mm-hmm. and so you don't need to get involved in that. Uh, you have sufficient resources and tools. You, you only take control if you need to. You know, you might see something that some your direct reports don't. Um, they may not have had experience in that area, and then you might have to interject for a little while to provide your knowledge. Uh, you offer constructive criticism. And probably the most important one for me, fostering leadership qualities in your team and, and promoting an autonomous work environment. Those are right. huge. It's, you know, it's like you were saying, Megan, if, you, if you're doing the coaching style and you're getting your people um, up to speed, high speed in the way, the way that they're effectively managing their people, then mm-hmm. um, you're, you're growing them. Well, I think the goal of most business owners, right – is to be able to get to the laissez-faire type of leadership to where their organization runs itself and you just have reports that tells you what's going on. And if you need to step in and tweak some things, you can. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's true entrepreneurship. (laughs) Uh Right. So. Uh, So, so benefits of this, um, obviously it encourages accountability with your team because you're not having to interject yourself and, and be accountable allows for a creative and, um, relaxed work environment. You know, when things are going well, it's easy to get into this mode, right? Or Absolutely. or have this kind of leadership style mm-hmm. with your team while you go off and lead yourself in a more strategic or visionary mm-hmm. um, role to sort of start thinking about, I, I like to call it creating some white space um, that allows you to start thinking strategically and visionary in your business and work. And I, 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 well, I got, I got working, the day-to-day stuff going really well. Let me concentrate or spend more time on this. Working on business. your business instead of in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. That's a great way of putting it. One of my it. favorite phrases. Yep. Uh, so what are some of the challenges? Um, <laughs> you obviously wouldn't use this on a new employee. No. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the team. Good welcome luck. Welcome to the team. Good luck here. <laughs> Here's your pencils and your pens and your and your paper and your computer and have at it, yeah, right? Go figure it out. It doesn't what to do. work, right? <laughs> no. Um, and that's how you end up with no business. Right. Because if, 
if you decide to go this way with a new employee, right, there's, there's, you get no engagement out of the employee. They're most likely to leave fairly early. Um, you're not promoting the culture, the business, or um, you're just sort of filling a seat. Mm-hmm. Right. So and you haven't speak. developed a relationship with them yet. No. And that's important <laughs> for no, trust. I mean, you, when you have a new employee, you want to spend some time and going back to the coaching yeah. Leadership mm-hmm. style. That's when you want to pull this out. And yeah. You know, whenever you first hire somebody, you're going to have to spend some time with them and right. um, get them ingrained into the culture and the processes and um, engage with your team, start building, getting them yeah. bonded with the team and yeah. those type of things. So this is not the time to bring out this kind of leadership <laughs> style. This, this is more geared towards you have experience on the team. Um, you're sort of, long in a tooth in terms of the product life cycle um, where you're, you have set standards and processes and everything in place um, and things seem to be moving well that you might pull this out. If you're getting started off the ground, this is not the time to bring out this leadership style. <laughs> nope. All right, Zach, you want to move on to um, the democratic life uh, leadership style? Yes, so democratic or also known as participative. Um, It's a combination of basically you take autocratic and combine laissez-faire and that's what you get is a democratic type leader. Um, Someone who always asks for input from their team, considers feedback very, very viable before making a decision, Mm -hmm. um, values the opinion of their team and colleagues, and because team members feel their voices heard, they feel valued, which most employees want that. Most teams want that. Um, and they feel their contributions matter. So a, a democratic style leadership um, is often credited with fostering higher levels of, of course, employee engagement and also workplace satisfaction. Because they don't just feel like workers, they actually feel like they're contributing to the company culture. They're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're buying in, right? Um, you know, they value group discussions, provide all information to the team when making decisions. So it's not just a, Hey, you just need to know this to do your job, but here's the big picture. How can we contribute? Um, they promote a work environment where everyone shares their ideas. It's almost a, you know, if you will, a think tank type of leadership style. Um, they are rational, so they consider others' ideas, not to the point of it's, if it's not my way, it's the highway, but considering other methods and options to possibly be better than their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're flexible. I mean, that goes hand in hand. Um, and really good at mediation. So really being able to talk out situations and come to a conclusion or settlement, if you will, um, if there's disagreements. So the benefits of this leadership style um, of course, again, employees can feel empowered. It unifies the team and it unifies the organization. It has the power to really up retention rates. It increases morale amongst the team. Also requires less managerial oversight. So it, it allows, again, it's autocratic mixed with laissez-faire. So mm-hmm. you're getting the oversight, but a little bit more backed off, right? Um, and employees typically being part of that decision-making know what they need to do to get the job done. 
Yeah, so a term I like to use for this I, I, that I would probably use more than democratic is consensus building. Yeah. Um, where going back to the discussion on corporate cultures, um, you know, one of the biggest characteristics of a corporate culture is how do you make decisions? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're when you're in this kind of mode, you're you're seeking a lot of input and you're you're trying to feel feel out where are most people sitting in this situation and where where they're most likely to make their decision. Uh, and it's a great way to sort of get the popular vote, All right? You know, if you will, mm-hmm. um, it it enables people to sort of come on board with the decision to understand the why faster um, and get the get the unit moving faster in a particular direction, but not in an autocratic way. You're not sort of laying down the land, so to speak. And, you know, like a army general might say, do this, um, command like authority. Um, you're trying to build some consensus and engagement and get the team on board, have some influence in, in the discussion. Um, and allowing, like you said, Zach, allowing some input to come, um, from your employees mm-hmm. or your direct reports um, in making a decision. So you might start the conversation and sort of lay out where your feelings are in the decision, but then say, I'm, I'm interested in what you all think right. Right. in this, and i like some input from this before I make it a final decision kind of thing, yeah. right? Right. Now, on the other side, I mean, challenges of it, of course, you've got team – buy-in, you've got higher retention rates, all that, mm-hmm. but this style of leadership also has the potential to be somewhat inefficient and costly when it comes to dollars and time. Mm-hmm. Um, just because especially the larger the organization that's trying to contribute, you've got more differing opinions, yep. takes longer to come to a conclusion. Yep. Um and it will you know could create more obstacles. But there's also, of course, those em- those employees, those types of people that they just want to be told what to do. They don't want to really contribute. So if you ask them for their feedback, it may make them feel really uncomfortable and kind of put them into or cause them to sink back a little bit more instead of being an active part of the organization. Yeah, so, you, can, you can almost think, um, given the times, um, think of this as like what happens in a legislative part of our government, right? Yep. Where you've got mul- mm-hmm. multiple people in the House of Representatives, multiple people within the Senate, and you're trying to get consensus, uh, you know, before you get to a vote in hopes of approving a particular bill or whatever, that's a democratic process. Right. And if you were to take that out of our out of our government and apply it into a business, it's almost sort of the same thing. Somebody draws up a bill that needs a decision on, so that's the leader of the organization is bringing a bill so to speak, to the to the floor of the business, and mm-hmm. you're having a democratic debate, conversation, whatever, um, until you, you put it to a final vote, whether that vote is in the hands of the leader or in the hands of everybody around the table. It depends on the situation. But. I just hope right. businesses can do a better job at the democratic style of getting things done. <laughs> true. <laughs> True. Very true. <laughs> but I really anyway. think I really think that this, you know, this style is one that you it's another one you kind of have to be careful with. Um, but I think if your organization is laid out and where you have groups or teams 
that work together to accomplish a project or a certain goal or a certain product, whatever that may be. I think this is important because you have to have all group members, you know, having their input and coming to one common consensus. Yep. Um, so I know Andy, you, you developed a lot of teams, you know, in your former career mm -hmm. at Boeing, and I'm sure that this was an important piece to your puzzle ship or puzzle of leadership. Um, well, where, your time there. where I would often pull this type out is where I felt like we were making a big decision as a team, whether, right. you know, that had high impact to the team, to the business. And uh, I wanted that input. I wanted differing viewpoints. I wanted um, to make the best decision possible because there was a lot at stake. Uh, and so it was therefore worth the time to build consensus and get that engagement and understand the why of why I was bringing this to the table, you know, with my, my managers um, and so forth. So I might pull out, pull out this kind of leadership style when the stakes were high mm -hmm. from that standpoint. All right. All right. Let's move on to the next one. The pace setter. The pace setter, y'all. This is the this is what I would call the game time or the showtime uh, leadership style. Um, this is when you know you're driving for efficiency, fast results. Um, you know, very performance focused um, leadership style. Um, high standards and you're holding your team members to those high standards and accountability for reaching those goals. Um, <clears throat> the kind of the characteristics of this pace setter leader is they set a high bar, very, very goal focused, um, slow to praise in the term in, in the sense that, you know, we've got to get to that ultimate goal before we can, you know, celebrate if you will. Um, they'll jump as high as they need to jump to hit those goals. Um, highly competent people. And they, they value the, you know, ultimately the performance over the soft skills. Um, so this is, this is going to be when you're reaching for a debt, uh, you know, short-term deadline, this is going to be, how do we get this done as quickly as possible? Um, the pace setting, you know, leadership style benefit, is that it pushes employees to hit their goals and accomplish the business objectives. Um, it, pro it promotes a very high energy and dynamic work environment. Um, so this is going to be another one that's, you know, one that you want to use for certain times, not a constant, but a certain specific time. So let me throw out a question. Where, where in a business, you think of a corporation, where, right in a business do you think you might find this kind of leadership style quite a bit when you think of the major functions within the business like hr or production or whatever i mean i would definitely say more on the production side i mean if you've got a project i mean you got to think you take your old field with boeing if they get a order for a certain number of planes by a certain date you've got to have a pace setter leader to say okay we've got to keep production going mm -hmm. at a certain tick what do you what do you think, Megan? Yeah, I mean, I think Zach nailed it with that. Um, you know, I think it's it's definitely on the the productivity side of things. Um, you know, it's again, it's when you have that short deadline and you've got to have somebody that's just pushing, pushing, pushing. I'm kind of shocked. No, I'm kind of shocked given the the business that the two of you are in. <laughs> well, 
That was going to be my next point is we <laughs> typically in our business, we take a coaching approach, right? Right. Um, but you're also I mean, pulling thinking, out the pace setter because you, oh, no, you, you got sales goals, right? You got sales goals over and over and over again, mm-hmm. right? Um, helping others develop a pace setter later, self-leadership mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. within themselves to hit deadlines because um, a lot of times, you know, our team doesn't necessarily have quotas. They set their own goals, so they've got to be able to do that themselves. Um, but then us doing it, leading from the front, I mean, that's what the best leaders do anyways, doing it first um, to create that high sense of urgency. Right. So, those yeah, those is, last few days of the month, I can tell you. <laughs> they're, you're they're setting pace, the pace, those right? Those are pace setter days, I yeah. tell you. Pace setter days for sure. I mean, this is this is often used in areas where you consistently have goals mm-hmm. um, that you're trying to achieve. Yep. You know, revenue based or whatever um, that you're trying to hit. You're going to run into a pace setter kind of um, leadership style where the goal is out in front of you. You have a timeline mm-hmm. to face it. Um, you still want um, a little bit of a um, sort of coaching environment and so forth still mm-hmm. there. This is not autocratic where right. you're going in and do this, do that, you know, direct right. commands kind of thing. You're allowing some thinking and flexibility with your team, but at the same time, you're you're really pushing them to... It's hard-hitting, yeah. Hard-hitting to, to, to reach goals. And there's usually some kind of incentives right. oh, involved yeah. <laughs> um, if you... If you do achieve those goals in that time period, whether it be a month or a quarter or a year, whatever to, whatever you're looking at in terms of a time period. Right. Got to chase the carrot, right? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, so, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it goes back to um, prior. I mean, before, you know, we had our business, I was in the fitness industry and mm-hmm. closeout day, last day of the month. I mean, you're doing everything to create energy, to hype up the team, to get them smiling and dialing more than ever (laughs) so um and sometimes stayed at health clubs till you know 11 o'clock midnight trying to hit goals so definitely familiar with that as well yeah so let's let's kind of piggyback off of that into the challenges of this you know zach's talking about you know being up till 11 o'clock midnight working on your goals this pace setter leadership can lead to some stress. (laughs) It can lead to stressed out employees. Um, if that, you know, fast paced, high energy, like go, go, go is constant. It's eventually going to wear you or your people out. Um, it's going to lead to a lot of stress. So, Mm -hmm. um, so that's again, why it needs to be a short term style, you know, every so often, not a, long drawn out because you're just gonna you're gonna burn out so that would definitely be the challenges of that no you have to imagine an an environment where you have a tony robbins kind of person that's coming in you know (laughs) as a leader coming in every day and giving that big you know like back in the days the early days of ibm everybody was wearing white shirts and a tie and you you walk in and have that big highly motivational come yeah. speech or whatever first thing in the morning let's go 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 you know right. and it's high energy all all day which just just like you say it, it, you can do that for a short period of time but if right. you're doing that every single day you're going to burn people out mm-hmm. burn them out all right let's move on on the sake of time let's move on to the next one um which is the transactional 
Um, or did I miss one? Transformational. 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 I'm go. sorry. I'm sorry. Transformational. We'll let we'll, we'll Zach do transactional. Okay. Um, transformational is very similar to the coaching style that we talked about. And um, I, I don't know. It, here's here's a thought. Um, it's almost like the – has tinges of communism in it. And you may go, what, what, what? <laughs> But but hear me out. Hear me out in this, right? So it's it's like a coaching style um, where you're trying to get employees to think and everything, but it's not used for the uh, individual's goals, right? Mm -hmm. It's more more of a team focus. You're looking at more of the organizational goals and how that person fits in mm -hmm. to the bigger picture, how they contribute right? to the greater good. Uh, Contribute to the greater good, right? right? So if you think of communist countries, it's it's more about the country and so forth than it is about the person, in, person mm -hmm. or the individual, right? It's about mm -hmm. what are you doing, what are you doing uh, to reach the, the country's goals, and if it's at a huge sacrifice to you as an individual, so be it, right? You know, it's all the the higher hierarchy is country first and then you, mm -hmm. so to speak. So. Uh, maybe a bad analogy, and I apologize for you if it is, but, you know. I had to really wait, think about where you were going yeah. with that. I was like, and that's I'm why like, I said, give me some time. Give me some time to explain wait, this. Get me out but here, yeah. Isn't this supposed to be like a positive style? Like, aren't all the styles supposed it to be a good It is very thing? positive, and, that's, and maybe that's why it's a bad analogy. But I was trying to think of something in the world where, where you're looking at, um, in a hierarchy, you're overemphasizing or over-prioritizing the organizational goals versus what right. you as an individual are doing. Right. Um, and it, and it, I would have to believe it's called transformational because you're trying to transform the company mm -hmm. or the organization into something, and that's the priority. Um, and you may run into the situations, particularly if the company is young, right? People take sacrifices with salary and um, time and other things for the benefit good of the of the company in order to get it to a point of a good foundation and you can start backing off of that and start making the individual goals um, an even or even higher priority than what the organizational goals are so I, I would have to imagine that this is used um, quite a bit in an entrepreneurial world where you're just getting started you know you gathered three of your friends and got in the garage and started <laughs> Yeah. started the business that you're going to be using this uh, style quite a bit. So some of the um, characteristics in this leadership style is that you have a mutual respect uh, with your team. Everybody's on on an even level, uh, so to speak. You're providing encouragement. You're inspiring others to achieve their goals. Uh, thinking of the big picture is coming into play here, right? Because the organizational is at a higher level than the individual. So that big picture is huge because you're trying to move – the organization from point A to point B, and we're all in, right? We all got a stake in the game uh, to get there because uh, Nirvana's on the other side, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, you're placing value and in intellectually challenging your team to figure out ways to start new processes and um, definitions of a new product and everything else to, to get, get your company launched and on the playing field, so to speak. Um, you're creative. You have to be creative in this because not everything's created that you need uh, right. within the company. So you got to be creative from that standpoint. You got to have a, a good understanding of um, 
organizational needs. Uh, so some of the benefits, uh, it values personal connection with your team because uh, you're all in. You're all in, right? So mm-hmm. you've got to have those bonds and trust levels with everybody that they're going to do their part. Um, it's almost like the... I hate to go out on analogies again because now I'm afraid I'm going to suck at this today. But anyway, <laughs> uh, a football team, right? You've got the offense out there and it's 11 players on the field and you got to trust the wide receiver's going to do their part and the line's going to do their part and Act quarterback's going to do their part all selflessly. And it's all about mm-hmm. the team scoring a touchdown. It's not, right. mm-hmm. not about always throwing to a particular wide receiver play after play after play and an individual of that right. wide receiver. It's about... The fact that this whole team can work selfishly and trust each other to do their part in the game plan of a play yeah. to get yeah. the results necessary right. to go score a touchdown. No, that works perfectly. I mean, you get your analogy card back on that oh, one. Thank so, you. Yes. Yeah, thank you recovered you. on that one beautifully, <laughs> nice. Andy. A football team nice. is a much better example than communism. communism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Uh, that's Andy at GenerateYourValue.com. <laughs> <laughs> comments. Okay. Um, challenges. Um, uh, this is interesting. Um, you can, it's almost like the visionary piece, right? You can overlook the details. You're mm-hmm. so focused on what's best for the company and making those big sort of visionary um, decisions and so forth that um, sometimes the, the tactics can get lost, right? It, mm-hmm. It's almost like an analogous. Let's go back to the football thing, right? Uh, you're lining up for the play on the offense and the wide receiver's not paying attention to where he's on the field. Puts his foot over, over the scrimmage line and next thing you know, the ball's hiked and the penalty flag gets thrown because right. you're not paying attention to the small little details um, you know, or the offensive lineman's not paying attention to the snap count and all of a sudden they're pushing against the defensive lineman when the ball hasn't even been snapped yet. It's that, that sort of tension to details that are mm-hmm. not getting played in this because everybody's focused all the time on the big picture. Right. Right. And I think also with this, the individual praise and recognition for doing a good job can get lost. Um because it is all about bigger picture, you know, what's it doing for the company, but it's, you know, it, it loses some of that individual focus and saying like, Hey, you did an amazing job doing what you, you know, you do, you do to reach your goal. Mm-hmm. It's no, it's about the well, company. To use the football analogy again, it's just like if the ball's handed off to the running back and he, you know, runs for an 80 yard touchdown, the highlight reel is talking about the 80-yard touchdown run, mm-hmm. not about the amazing block that the left tackle made to open that hole up for the running back to go. Right. So it's really the team and the running back that gets recognized, but not the the blocker. So it does Right, skip. but there was still a trust level, the blocker to do his job. Right. He did, he his, did job. his job, but the little wins get unnoticed. Right. That's mm-hmm. the only risk yep. is right. some people can feel – unappreciated yep. because we did it well i what right. about me so all right let's move along uh to the next one uh jack you've got transactional yes, i have transactional yeah. that one is mine so um but a transactional leader um and this can 
really happen in a sales organization especially, but transactional leader, someone who is just absolutely locked in on performance, um, similar to a pace setter, but I'd say a pace setter on steroids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, the manager establishes the predetermined incentives. He he puts the carrot out there, um, usually money because people like money, um, for hitting goals and, you know, staying disciplined, um, but also negative results for failure to achieve those goals. Um, I'd say a transactional leader is often heavier on harping on somebody that doesn't hit their goals than any other leadership style as well. Um, but unlike the pace setter, transactional leaders are focused on mentorship, more instructional and training to achieve the goals to hit the rewards. So they do pull in a little bit more of a coaching style as well. So because they're focused on the right now, um, they value the corporate structure. So that hierarchical corporate structure, being able to coach through that, mm-hmm. um, they do micromanage more because they're so laser focused on results. It's just results, results. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I think that's the biggie. That's the key one in this list. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is, it's this way. Don't question authority. It's definitely not at all. Um, democratic whatsoever no it is this is the way we do it that's it um don't question or there's the door (laughs) um practical and pragmatic value goals again um but they're also very reactionary so something happens oh my god we gotta fix it it's knee jerk a lot of times right um the benefits though is they do like to facilitate a culture of achieving goals um through short-term goals. So they really do break down and eat the elephant one bite at a time, right? Um, Through a very clearly defined structure and a clearly defined plan. But the challenges to this is being so overly focused on those short-term goals, they typically lack seeing the bigger picture, right? They don't have the visionary sight um, which can cause a company to really struggle with any type of adversity down the road or changing um, marketplace or a changing business landscape. And it really stifles any creativity. It's just, hey, do your job, your cog in the machine so we can hit the goal. Just go hit the goal. Um, and it's really not motivating employees who aren't really carrot people there's carrot people there's stick people but if they're not gonna chase after that monetary reward there's nothing there to motivate them so. right and i don't i don't want to go down andy's path too much but um but i would call this <laughs> dictatorship <laughs> very much so yeah you know, like if you're talking probably about all con- leadership styles uh, yeah to come closer it's to gonna it. be the yeah. closest to a dictatorship um so you know it's one way that's it no other way and so that sounds extreme but again there's times for for all different types of leadership because if there is a certain way that it has to be again in that kind of you know product line or you know assembly line kind of workers like it has to be so or else everything else is messed up 
Well, I think it's just like at the Pace Center, it's uh, being in an environment where you have goals that have to be achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a, not, a, not a lot of room for flexibility in this. It's we have such a short time frame and it's goal-oriented and we've got to have it this way. Uh, otherwise, it's not going to get done. You know, and that's why you have to be a little more of a dictator in this is you got to make sure your people know it's got to be done this way for quality or whatever reasons. Mm -hmm. We've got a goal to hit um, and let's get the job done, people. Right. Right. You know, no no questions asked. There's no time for questions. There's no time for discussion. Let's just get this done. Um, And hopefully you don't run into that situation too many times in your career as a leader and so forth, but at times you might have to pull it out. Sometimes you need a sprinkle of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I probably pulled it out a couple times in my career where um, major deadline with a project and we could get it done, but I had to pull everybody else off of other projects for a couple days to chip in. And it's like, we got to get it done. You know, this yeah. is what we got to get done. You know how to do it. Um, cause it's not outside of our processes or anything and let's just knock it out folks. Right. Cause I've got a couple of people hopping on an airplane to deliver to a customer and it has to be there. Um, cause it's probably, um, one part of a bigger picture for the customer and they need our part. Otherwise the whole thing falls to pieces and let's get it done, you know, and then after you get it built to the, People you pulled off other projects can go back to their projects and get it done. Right. Again, it's a bring it out for a short term because that's the the risk you take. If you keep it too long term, yep. you're going to have a lot of unhappy people. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next one, Megan. All right. So bureaucratic. So I get one similar to, uh, to what I spoke on before with autocratic. They're mm-hmm. very, very similar styles. Um, this leadership style focuses on um, fixed duties within a hierarchy where each employee has a set list of responsibilities. Um, there's little need for collaboration or creativity because things are already set as so. Um, this leadership style is most effective in highly regulated industries or departments um, such as finance, which, you know, Zach mm-hmm. and I understand there's a lot of things that have to be just so. Um, due to federal regulations, um, same with healthcare and the government. Um, so the bureaucratic leader has characteristics of being detail oriented and task focused. Um, they value rules and structure once again, just like the autocratic does. Um, they have a great work ethic and they're strong willed in their work, um, high level of commitment to their organization and are very self-disciplined. Um, major benefits of this style, um, can be very efficient for certain organizations that have to follow those strict rules and guidelines. Like we were talking about with, um, with government and healthcare and finance, um, there, each person, um, on the team has clearly defined roles, um, clearly defined tasks that they have to, to accomplish. Um, so that's kind of. Kind of where we are on that one. Yeah. So, I mean, I like to call this one the machine. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's 
it's it's a machine um like you said it's highly regulated it doesn't change very often it's regulated because um you need to protect people um in some respect whether it's their actual health or health information or it's their financial situation or whatever it might be and it's just you got to follow the rules and Lots of times people coming into this role have to be licensed and so forth because mm-hmm. they already know the rules. They had to study the rules. They right. had to show that they know the rules and they're just coming in and it's um, uh, input in one side and output on the other and it's a black box and nothing ever goes on inside the black box per se because it's all regulated and you're just churning it out. And, and that's why there's no creativity or anything in this. It's follow the rules. The rules are there for a reason, and this is the way we have to do it. So along <clears throat> along with the style, there can be some challenges that, that, you know, rear their head, and that is it doesn't promote creativity, um, which can lead to your employees or your team members feeling um, restricted. Um it's also, you know, a leadership style that's going to be slow to change and does not thrive in an environment that needs to be dynamic. So again, this is a style that has to be for a specific, either a specific time or a specific industry, really. Um, because if there is no room for that creativity and flexibility, if it has to be that way, then, you know, it's a great leadership style. But if you're in a industry where creativity is valued, this may not be the best, uh, the best way to lead your people. So, uh, I just want to bring an example up on my Boeing side. Um, sometimes the size of a company can make it very bureaucratic. Right. Mm -hmm. By, by the due do nature of the size of the company and you're trying to ensure that a quality product is coming out. They have to be very process oriented. They have to be very risk adverse because um, as we recently saw with Boeing, if you make mistakes, it can cost you a ton of money (laughs) and a ton of reputation uh, from that perspective. And so you put a lot of controls in place, even outside the, you know, the ones we list in terms of healthcare, finance, um, and so forth. I mean, I constantly struggled as a leader with our contracts department um, because of the nature of the company and what was at stake. You know, when you're out there designing um, airspace and airways, um, that people are flying and planes are flying, there's there's risk to that. And so there was very little leeway um, if customer was asking for it in, in our contract to do a project um, because of that. We had set processes and set things we were willing to do in terms of language in the contract. And we, a lot of times it was, you know, take it our way or it's the highway kind of mentality because of the, the riskiness of going outside the sandbox, so to speak. Um, and therefore, it became much, much more of a bureaucratic nature and a bureaucratic leadership style um, out of our legal and contracts department because of that, because of what was at stake. Uh, they had that kind of leadership style, and there's a reason why it was there. 
And, you know, I had my many moments driving home from work, venting out <laughs> in my car about why can't we be a little more creative in this? And sometimes you could find a corporate lawyer that was a tad more creative uh, and try to make things uh, to, to help you and work for you. But for the most part, it was very much, um, you know, by the terms of this bureaucratic process and organization, because there was a lot at stake uh, from that standpoint. All right, so, so we're going to move on to the um, last one, and we, we we made this the last one on purpose because our next episode, we're going to really deep dive into this one because it's the favorite out of the three of us. Yes. Uh, and we've mentioned it before, and that is – and the reason why it's our favorite is because we feel like um, – it. It brings the best results. It builds your people. Um, you get the best out of your people with this leadership style. Um, and um, I think I can speak for the three of us. This is where we like to sit at our home yes. uh, from a standpoint because mm -hmm. of our philosophies in life and who we are as people and so forth. So oh, the, yes. the last one we're going to talk about is servant leadership. Um, servant leadership um, – is primarily focused on a people-first uh, mindset and strategy where uh, servant leaders believe that team members uh, feel personally and professionally fulfilled. Uh, they're more effective and more likely to produce great work regularly. Um, and because of the emphasis on employee satisfaction and collaboration, they tend to achieve higher levels of respect. Mm -hmm. Um. We as human beings want to be seen, right? Right. Seen by our spouses, seen by our children, seen by our friends, seen by the world, so to speak. And in my opinion, servant leadership does that the most out of all leadership styles is it makes those that you're leading feel seen. You're taking a, um, a valued interest in their lives, in um, how they go, go about things, go about doing their job, and it's a... It's a dialogue between the two of you to understand their life goals, their life achievements, where are they going, and how can I best get you um, uh, down that road? Not to say I'm going to be with you in that whole journey, but at least in this time that we have together, how can I best get you down that road? Um, it's an excellent leadership style for, for any industry, really, um, and size, but it's especially prevalent within nonprofits. You know, when money's not involved and incentives and goals where the other leadership styles come in, generally nonprofits are there to help people, right? So it naturally lends itself to um, servant leadership for that industry. Um, and servant leaders are exceptionally skilled in building employee morale and helping people re-engage with their work. They're explaining the why. They're seeing how they fit into the why. And it's more about you than it is me as, as the leader. And my hope is that I'm getting the best out of you. And if I get the best out of you, I get the best results for my team, which is going to make my superiors happy and, and, and the executives happy and so forth from that perspective. So it's almost taking a selfless approach to your leadership style mm -hmm. from that perspective. It's almost taking uh, – I don't know what the right term is, the leadership style of the military, 
you know, where the focus is all on the generals and all those above because they're mm-hmm. making autocratic kind of decisions mm-hmm. down right. and flipping it on its head and right. saying, our focus is more about the bottom levels of the organization yep. and do they have the right tools? Do they have the right training? Uh, do they have the right pieces to be effective at their job and deliver to, to the customers the service level that we're, that we're looking for? Right. And I think Zach and I can personally, you know, we feel like we spend a lot of time in this space um, because a big part of what we do is training and developing people um, within our office. And, um, you know, we have to be so focused on them because if they're not successful, then we're not successful. Um, So being able to pour into them, you know, kind of the get others what they want so you can have what you want. Yeah, so I'm not not really going to talk about benefits and challenges and so forth for this particular one. Uh, so we'll leave that to the Ooh, deep dive deep dive into yes. those um, and some of the characteristics <clears throat> of servant leadership for the next episode. So that wraps up our our time together uh, on the leadership styles. It's a list of ten. Uh, you could probably go out and search on the internet and find different lists of eight or six leadership styles with different names, but I think this is a good quality list of uh, 10 to choose from. Uh, Once again, we encourage you to, you know, if need be, replay this episode again and think about uh, where your home is, what you're most comfortable with, what you're most uncomfortable with, and where do you feel like you need to pick up some of these and work on them and build up those, those leadership muscles. And just a couple questions to ask as we depart. I mean, really digesting the different leadership styles is within your organization, what's more valuable? Is it your goals or relationships with your team? Mm-hmm. Um, is it a defined structure? Is it a think take kind of um, culture with freedom of choice and um, communication? Would you rather make the decision or have a collective decision to where everybody's bought in? which is more beneficial for your organization? Is it short-term or long-term that you're focused on? Where does the motivation come from, from empowering your team or directing or giving orders? And also, what does that healthy team dynamic look like for your organization? Because again, depending on what industry you're in, depending on what you do, not everybody's going to be the same. Not everybody's going to be as effective. Just like if a government organization was, was tried was going to be run as a servant leadership type style, it, you know, the DMV probably wouldn't work. Right. <laughs> so, and I would add to that: uh, Do you have an experienced team, an inexperienced team? Are you just start? Are you startup and starting, and you need more of an organizational priority over individual priority, or are you fairly seasoned and been around in business for a number of years and, right. and therefore you can concentrate more on individualistic uh, goals and get the best out of your, out of your people. Cause you already have a firm foundation of a business going uh, to you. That was an excellent list, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate that, that summary. Um, so that's going to wrap up our episode today. We thank you very much for, for joining us. We hope, um, You've got some value out of this um, this list and, and thinking, particularly if you're new to business or new to leadership and uh, haven't been exposed to this kind of conversation. We hope we delivered some value today and um, have a great day. Have a great week. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, if 
we generated some value um, in your life through this conversation. And uh, we'll see you next week for the servant leadership conversation. Can't wait to see you all next week and uh, help us generate more value and spread the word. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today, Megan. Appreciate it. Always happy to, guys. All right. Have a good day. Take care and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online at Primerica.com slash Brian with a Y, Z Levy, the Facebook and LinkedIn platforms. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on the LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram platforms. Simply search for Generate Your Value. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.